This is Robert Decker, and I am with Stephen Donadio. You're listening to Everyone Needs a Spotter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Everyone Needs a Spotter, brought to you by the team at RMS Fitness. I'm your host, Steve Heitzer, joined today by the full squad of podcasters here at RMS Fitness. We're going to her first. You all know her. Some of you even like her. Emily, little wifey vinos. What's up, girl? What's going on, Steve? Good to be here. It is an excellent day here, isn't it? It's a beautiful Friday. It is. Uh, the sun is shining bright and high in the sky, and life is good. Stephen D., what it be, man? How you doing? What's going on, Steve-O? It's... Uh... It's good to be here again. Nice day outside and good to be uh, podcasting. Yeah, man. It's always a nice way. I'm stealing Emily's thunder to spend a Friday here at the table with the mics and the team. We appreciate everybody being here. Robert Decker, fearless leader. Present. How are you, Steve? I am well. And you said it last week, so I'll say it this week. Being across the table from you makes every day a good one, Bob. Happy to be here today. How's everybody's week been? Emily? It's been pretty good. It's been busy. We had a company meeting on Tuesday, and then we all got to go bowling together, which was really nice to just kind of chill out and hang out with the team. We haven't done anything like that in a long time, um, but it feels like the week kind of was a blur after that. Yeah. It's hard to play catch-up. Once you get behind and yeah. you start playing catch-up during the week, you, you feel like you're always chasing your tail and whatever other cliches I can think of right, right now. But no, you know what? If you listen to our last episode, Emily almost like was like low-key poo-pooing our bowling plans a little bit, even though she made them. But I'm going to go ahead and say, I think it was a great plan. It ended up being a really nice uh, way to end the day. You know, we didn't overdo the meeting. We, we were in meeting just long enough. And then we had our lunch, and we had our team building time with the team at the bowling alley, and it was great. So shout out to Emily and the rest of the uh, – Senior, senior leadership at RMS for putting that together. Thank you. Yeah. Robert, Stephen, uh, you guys were out a lot this week uh, running around doing things, helping customers. So uh, what was kind of the lay of the land for you guys this week? Well, I'll get it started. You know, it's been a busy week, some installations and stuff, but uh, the company meeting on uh, Tuesday was was great. It it worked out well. And um, like Emily said, we went bowling. Bowling was great. I haven't like I can't even remember the last time I bowled. It's been years, um, but it was like the the bowling gods were with me for some reason because <laughs> I I totally obliterated uh, people. I did pretty good, um, and I, I don't ever remember doing bowling as good as I did. But it was fun um, getting together as teams, um, eating uh, together as well. It was great. It was a it was a good Tuesday. Yeah. So if you're having a hard time finding him and you're looking for him online, you can now find him by searching Stephen Boladio because he <laughs> wanted to let us all know that he was the best bowler at RMS Fitness. So that's his new name on LinkedIn or anywhere else you might uh, try to find him. Robert? Yeah, I think Stephen kind of alluded what happened to us yesterday. So <clears throat> it's a shame we don't have someone follow us along on installs. But uh, as mentioned, I think we even mentioned it last week. It was going to be a busy week. Yesterday in particular taught me something. Uh, one of the services we provide is removing the existing equipment, and that can always pose challenges, especially when you show up and the, the client, uh, well, I don't want to throw her too far under the bus, but she definitely did not tell me there were steps. And so yes. <clears throat> when you've got to carry out very heavy equipment, that can be a challenge. And it uh, certainly was a challenge. <laughs> 
And in fact, uh, one of the it's machines... being so nice about it. Yeah, the, uh, one of the machines was really difficult. But those are the adventures we have here in RMS Fitness. Once it's done, then it's like, wow, we did that. And that was pretty, you know, pretty impressive in itself. But I'm sure anyone that's in this business has come across that before. So yeah, very active week. Um, lots going on. I know in some worlds, uh, everyone's kind of, you could say, uh, bringing the the year to a close for us. It's just a matter of ramping up and preparing. And I think I mentioned that the last podcast. So good week, good finish. Good to be with you guys today. Yeah, it sounds like everybody had a good week. I actually had a pretty uh, unique experience this week. I was I was invited to be a guest on another podcast. So. Uh, if anyone has had an opportunity to listen to The Curious Wire or uh, maybe follows uh, Moshe Crane on LinkedIn uh, from Sage Ventures, I was asked to come out and be a guest on his podcast and talk a little bit about what we do. So that was exciting um, for me. You know, if anyone ever uh, has met me or in person or talked at all about things, I've always said that my dream job as a kid growing up was to be in some sort of like radio or talk show thing. So I'm kind of living my dream here a little bit in podcast land. Um, so really, it was kind of a cool week for me in, in that way. But um, you all were out doing some installs this week. So typically, um, installs come around after we you know close a sale with a customer. We help them to uh, you know make some selections, make them purchase, or not make them purchase, but help them uh, purchase some new equipment. And usually in that process, Stephen, what do we usually provide to a customer in the process of trying to uh, help them you know purchase equipment? What's something that we offer that we're really proud of? Uh, one great product and um, service that we offer is the ability to see the product or see their room in 3D. And um, it's been really game-changing for a lot of people because it allows them to see their room um, almost like in real time. Yep, absolutely. And that's something that I wanted to talk about just briefly, uh, maybe discuss with the team. And, you know, there's kind of a lot of aspects to it. So we're actually going to break this down into a little two-part mini-series. So this week, our episode is going to focus on how we use that room planning software and technology to assist customers who have existing buildings. So maybe you already have a fitness center and you are either adding some equipment, reworking the space, making some adjustments to your uh, layout there in your fitness center. And this episode, we're going to talk about how that software that we use can be a resource uh, specifically to, you know, site teams and, and their operators in those instances. So um, really what I kind of wanted to dive into was, you know, the difference between uh, the two different components of purchasing fitness equipment. So Emily, when you're purchasing gym equipment, right, there's really two components to what it is that we're helping people to do. They need to know, do you know what two things are kind of the, the elements of that? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> well, I will tell you. I will tell you. So really, the two elements of any fitness proposal that we provide a customer are the product selection and the layout itself. That's really the two elements to what we do. So we got to help you figure out what it is that you're going to buy and then also where it is that it's going to go in your room. So in the process of, you know, going out to help a customer, Stephen, who has an existing fitness center, what's the first step usually in, in that case? Somebody comes to you with the idea or maybe you're out there for another reason and the, the subject of new fitness equipment or updating the space comes up. What's the first step in kind of then, what, do you, what would be the first thing that you would do with that room? Uh, I think the first, the ideal step is really to, to set up a site visit with the actual um, property manager, regional manager, uh, board member, if it's like a HOA type of scenario, kind of walk the room with them and get a general feel, a general idea, um, 
as to what their goals are for the fitness center and, and kind of ask some of those pertinent questions. And then, um, you know, the, the goal is to really get into the fitness center, see the layout, probably even get dimensions of the room and take pictures because all of those, all of those things are, um, critical, uh, to ensuring a, a successful ending result for the client. Absolutely. So Robert, just wanted to chime in because <clears throat> here's an opportunity to actually understand what the client is trying to achieve. Um, there could be multiple reasons as to why the equipment. Now, first one comes to mind is maybe it's aging its way out. Repair costs are getting high. So, yeah, that, that makes total sense. Or maybe they're competing with a, uh, a property across the street who's just had a new fitness center installed. So now they need to compete at a different level. So when we go in, I think what we try to establish is what the goal of the property is. So before we measure the room, before we start taking, you know, maybe a list of equipment that we're going to put in the room, those kinds of questions have to be answered so that we're doing the client the justice they deserve in making a very, in a lot of cases, or majority of cases, a long um, process that begins early and then the cost involved. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is that it's not simply just walking in, taking the existing equipment. Okay, you have this much equipment. Okay, we're going to replace it, you know, apples to apples. That might not be the direction. So we'd certainly want to get off on the right foot. Absolutely. I think those two points kind of covered really all, all of, you know, the check marks that I had over here in terms of what that first visit's really about. You know, you want to get the vision from the customer. You want to ask them questions about how their gym gets used. What type of residents do they have in the gym primarily so that you can help to kind of tailor your recommendations to the needs of the, you know, the community there. But, you know, really, once we go out there, we're going to take that information. We're going to take the pictures. We're going to take the drawings. We're going to take the measurements. And we're going to basically import that into the room planning software that we use. And from there, that's going to allow us to then start to, within the actual space that you have to work with in your gym, we can then start moving around pieces of equipment. And our software that we use will have access to not only the products that we sell at RMS Fitness, but most of the products that are, you know, out there in the market. So we can very accurately, in most cases, reflect the exact equipment inventory in your gym. And then when we start to make those adjustments now using the software, we're working with the real models and the real dimensions of the actual products that you're going to have in your gym. And that's really powerful, both in terms of the product selection part and the layout part of what we're doing. So um, maybe slightly more obvious, like layout wise, Emily, what's the what's the, the obvious benefit of the layout in terms of, you know, using this type of, you know, room planning software? How does that help in terms of getting the layout perfect? Well, it's pretty cool to like, because no gym is kind of, no gym is built the same. No gym is the same size or the same shape. And then there's things about a gym that makes it unique. You know, maybe there's a pillar somewhere or whatever. So when we were able to go out and actually walk the fitness center and take pictures and, and the dimensions, and then we're able to plug that into um, that software, it really helps the project become alive for the property manager, really be able to picture how we can utilize all the space um, and, and just make it just make it very unique to them. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I often think about how this job was done before this technology existed. Um, you know, I've been in the, the industry now for about five years. And when I think about 
you know, how I've gone about trying to help customers and sell equipment, I can't really imagine how, how people did it without the technology that we're using. Because for me, it's, it's so important in terms of helping to make, get the, the flow and the function of the space correct. You know, when you look at a room, sometimes I, it's very common. I go out to a fitness center and I have an idea while I'm standing there in the room. But then once I begin to import that into the software and actually work with the space, I realize that, well, I'm sure glad I could do it this way rather than just having to go off my gut out there in the site because sometimes it doesn't work out the same way once you start actually importing those pieces. And if you didn't have the technology, what would happen at install day? Yeah, I would say without that technology, um, you might get a couple surprises at install day. Um, you might not even be able to fit that extra piece of uh, equipment, cardio, strength, what have you. It just, um, you might have to have that awkward conversation with somebody that, you know, it's not going to work, unfortunately. And then you're going to have an unsatisfied customer. Yeah, and, and nobody wants that. You know, at that point, then people have paid deposits and things have been shipped and trucks have been, you know, rented and driven. And there's a lot involved at that point. So we can really help to eliminate a lot of that heartache and get the layout right, you know, and take all the guesswork out just by, you know, working with that, that software. But along with the software, not just, you know, top-down layout. I mean, most companies can provide you with a top-down 2D layout. But what we also provide are these, these 3D renders, right? So once we hit go on the software, we can create basically true-to-life images of the fitness center as close as we can get it to your actual, you know, FF&E, your colors, paint, and things like that. And then we can even put like little 3D people in those rooms. So what's the advantage of throwing, you know, the 3D models of, of people into a room when you're creating it and then rendering those images? You know, Robert, do you have any, any thoughts on maybe how that might benefit in terms of working on the floor plan? I think it gives the client, I think, well, let me back up based on our discussion earlier today. You have 10 pieces of equipment. That doesn't mean there's 10 pieces, of, or excuse me, that doesn't mean that 10 people are in the room engaging because that would be overcrowding of the room. Um, so when you put people in there, you really round out a visual of what the customer can expect once the equipment's in there. Because you don't, when you see a room, and, and in doing these things, you see the room come together, you see the machines, but when you put those um, images of people, those 3D images of people in there, then you start to say, huh, it's interesting because with this person in here and this person here, you know, I can see how that space would feel restricted based on the amount of people in the room. So I think it also gives the client the indication, okay, so if I put this much equipment in the room that we're going to have a concern if that many people are in the room. So right. not to go further down in our discussion, but when we do these things, we do these things so that the client can see what's going on and then we can have another discussion about, okay, maybe maybe we have too many treadmills in the room or we have too much of this in the room. So let's make some adjustments. Maybe Maybe we left out an area where they can stretch or recover. Maybe that would be more beneficial because it's not as active footprint as, say, an area where the dumbbells are, where that's very active. So it's surprising, honestly, because we've only been working with the software a few years, but each time we work with it, the software provider has been giving us more and more tools. So we're starting to see the rooms become more and more. They're live all the time when we're using them. From one revision to the next, we're starting to see major changes, and it's very, very helpful. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think you hit most of the points, you know, pretty perfectly. Um, I've actually had instances where people have wanted to add more equipment into the room. I think you touched on that. And I, what I've done is I've said, well, you know, it might look like we could put this piece there, but let me show you what happens if we just put a person in the room right now. And then all of a sudden, when you put that person in there, you're like, oh, wow, well, if anybody was on this machine and that machine at the same time, you, you wouldn't be able to even be comfortably using the equipment, right? So I, it's maybe a little counterintuitive. You know, I hate when I see it out in the industry when I go out to properties where it's clear that somebody just tried to sell as many physical pieces of equipment as they could geometrically fit into a room. And then that's, they probably get the opposite from me where I'm pulling back like, nah, a little too much, a little too much, you know, and maybe that's unusual, but um, I'll use sometimes those models of people to illustrate to them like, hey, you, you got to have room for people to stretch or if somebody's shoe gets untied and they got to bend over to tie their shoe, are they going to whack their head on the, the machine in front of them? Like, you know, you have to take those human elements into the consideration. And that's, that's really what we, what we do. Um, Robert. Yeah. I'm not sure how many people are aware of the terms and this is why we're trying to pass this information along. So you have the dimensions of the equipment, mm -hmm. right? And then you have what's called an active footprint. Correct. Yeah. And so not everyone knows that, but you put a piece of equipment in the, in and you say, Oh, okay. fits perfectly. Yes, it does. However, did you keep in mind that, that the, the factory recommendations for the active footprint, whether it's safety related or just the, the use of the equipment, you know, if someone needs, if you have three treadmills and they're all closely together, that means you're, you have to allow the, the, um, the user to exit from the rear of the machine. So if something's too close in that walk path that you have back there, you're going to create, you know, a possible safety hazard. Yeah. Same thing with with dumbbells. You know, you have a bench and a bench doesn't take up a lot of space, but you have to say, okay, what are they using the bench for? So then kind of circle that out, giving the client an idea. Why is there so much spacing? Well, that's called an active footprint. That's why we have the benches so far apart. Yep. And all of that, right? You need room for people to just move around the facility. What if two people were, what if one person's on the way in while one person's on the way out, right? You have to account for the fact that it's not always going to be one person moving through a walkway. You know, sometimes walkways are shared with entry and exit par uh, portions or, or, you know, areas of the machines. And you have to take all that into consideration. And that's what all of this software can help you to do. You can, you can visualize, oh, well, that treadmill is pretty close to the door. Somebody may come in and be right up on the back of the treadmill at the same time somebody's getting off the machine, you know, and on and on it goes. So it really takes it from a concept to to a real space that you can see and you can visualize. And I, and I think, you know, we're kind of hitting on all the points, which is great. But you started to talk about it a little bit, Robert, when you mentioned the dimensions of the equipment itself and the active footprint. Um, if anybody has uh, any needs clarification on what he's talking about, like a little a little test you could do is like if get somebody else in your office to do some jumping jacks in the office, right? And then just walk toward them and see how close you can get to them while they're doing jumping jacks before it becomes uncomfortable for you or them. That's kind of the idea behind active footprint, right? Like, yeah, you might be able to be right in front of me doing jumping jacks, but are we going to be comfortable? Or are we both going to feel like we have the space we need? Are you going to feel safe? Am I going to feel safe? That's kind of what we are, are talking about and trying to help create. Emily? I was just, this all reminded me of um, an actual experience we had. I think it was uh, during COVID, 
<clears throat> and we had a job where um, we had never been out to this location before, but the room was really small, and we got the dimensions of the room from the customer. And um, what was interesting is, you know, they they measured the room, they told us what they wanted in the room, then we come out and we did the install, and the room was basically a large closet, and Stephen, you were there. Bob, you were there. And we at were, least it wasn't a small closet. It was. Uh, we were installing. I think I know it was at least two treadmills. It might have been something else. And we were like, I remember. Yeah, yes. we were like, how are they going to work out in here? <laughs> and so we. I mean, that's what they bought that because that's what they wanted, and that's what they gave. They told us. <laughs> so to add to that, now is you do jog my memory yeah. there, Emily. I do remember that, and. Um, what I remember was the dimensions given were not the dimensions when I arrived. Mm -hmm. So that that is also key. Now, again, you're talking during a time where it was very difficult to do site visits. It was, a, you know, we were taking all the information in and, um, you know, looking back at that process, I would never do that again mm -hmm. because taking information is one thing, but taking the extra step to verify what exactly you're working with is, is there's just, it's huge. To Emily's point, uh, she did leave out. We had to take one of the treadmills back. Yeah. We had to take them back and uh, because it was way too close. In fact, I think they, could they open the door? It was, uh, you could hardly open yeah, the door. You can, and so it was, we left with, hey, this doesn't look good, have management call, and they did, and then we took a treadmill back. So a lot yeah. of lessons learned there, but... Um, but that is a perfect example. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, you know, we would all be sitting up here lying through our teeth if we said that we haven't learned some things along the way too, right? Like nobody woke up and was an expert gym designer, right? We've all learned things along the way. We've finished some jobs and things and, and you know, not to say that the job wasn't good, but, you know, we're very hard on ourselves. We're very critical. So we might leave a job where the customer is fully satisfied and then we come back and, and Robert, you've coined the, you know, lessons learned or the day in review thing where we sit down and, and we'll tear apart a job and we'll say, yeah, we didn't like this part of it or that part of it. And we use all that to try to just continue to, you know, move forward and, and make sure that we're always getting better and improving, you know, for the next customer. But how about when it comes to like product selection itself? You know, what's one of the benefits of the room planning software? Um, is it using just like default kind of like cookie cutter Squat rack, treadmill, Smith machine, or, or or what are we working with in EC design, Emily? Is it is it standardized like stuff in there in in the, in the software or is no. it no? No, I feel like I mean I feel like I hope I listened to this right, you know, but you know. that trust yourself. The stuff that we sell is what we put in the in the room. Yeah, okay. exactly. So <laughs> so you're seeing the actual product in the actual space, right? So we're going to take your ceiling heights, we're going to take where your windows are located, we're going to take your flooring colors and your wall colors as closely as we can, and we're going to put it all in there, and you're going to know not only what equipment you're buying, but you're going to see how that equipment looks next to all the other equipment you already have next to, you know, the, the color on your wall and the color of your floor. You may be, you don't want to buy a bunch of yellow equipment if you've got blue or green or something already in your gym, right? So it may seem like a silly thing, but the aesthetic is super important of, of these spaces and being able to see the product, the actual real product that you're buying in your room can really help not only with the layout. Most people think probably about the layout, like where is it going to go? But how does it look, right? That's another huge part of what people are buying and they can see the size of the equipment. Is it 
Does it look substantive or does it look, you know, like it's a value piece? And I think all that's really important for people when they're trying to gauge the decision of to buy or not, you know, being able to see all those things. Emily? No, and I can say just from experience, not that I've, I've actually worked with this software myself, but I've sat in the room with Robert while he has just gone on, you know, um, a site visit and he's, he's creating the room and he'll, he'll turn around and ask me, do you think this floor color looks like what they have? You know, he wants it to look, I mean, you guys all, when you're doing these things are really trying to make it as close as possible. It just shows a lot of care goes behind creating that for them. Yeah. And we'll get into a little bit more of that on episode two, when we'll talk about when people bring us in on projects and kind of, you know, how we tie that together. But that's a really good point too, Emily and Robert again. Just one last point, but I feel like you're moving on. So I just wanted to add in the whole thing that we've talked about equipment in the room, but there's other items in the room that mm -hmm. even that software will bring. Where where are you going to put the wipe container, trash cans? That's a good point. Any really, kind of really accent good point. points, right? You want to bring water fountains. Yeah, you want to put those in the room, and they're going to require some spacing. You know, there's there's certain things that about the room that uh, you know it's not closet organization. You really have to space it appropriately. It has to look inviting, and I've said it every single podcast. When your leasing agent or whoever's presenting the property walks a client in, it has to look the part. Someone took time to set that up as a fitness center. Yeah, It doesn't give you the indication that these pieces were just thrown about the room just to say, I have a fitness room. You know, And we know that when we walk in. So I want to give Stephen props for yesterday. So I walk into this room and I got to chuckle because it was a corporate center. I walk in and I look and I'm like, wow, you know, all the equipment's all the equipment is facing me as I'm walking in the door. I was like, mm, that's probably not the best layout there. So we moved all the existing equipment and then we threw in a handful of refresh pieces. And I'm sure the video will go up soon, but it's just one of the many things that we do to change the complete complexion of the room. And I truly believe when when folks go down to use that equipment they're going to think, oh, we got all new equipment because it'll give that perception that someone took the time to lay it out properly. Man, Props look, I to Steven. I could hear a lot of uh, a lot of pride of ownership there, uh, Robert. That was that was cool, man. You guys, you know, working on these projects, when you see them come to life and something, you know, the final product is like what you put forth for the client and, and maybe even better than in a lot of cases, that's really rewarding. So, you know, hopefully you can hear that coming through and how we're talking. Robert's got his finger of justice up today. <laughs> I, don't want to say, I think it's important because I know Stephen is holding back here, but we did put this on <laughs> into the program, right? Did you not? Yes. And even after you put it in, the, in there, what was the benefit of having the layout with you yesterday and when the clients came in the room? So what's unique about what's, – what's nice about this – this software is um, before we agreed to the proposal, to the layout, we, we met with them, Steve and I, um, and we had the, uh, the software up, showed them their renders, we talked about it, and we actually made adjustments um, live uh, through Zoom, and they could actually see it. And so the layout uh, made sense. Uh, Microsoft Teams. Microsoft Teams, <laughs> sorry, correct. Um, but yeah, uh, they they absolutely loved it. 
and I we I ended up creating like a little checklist for the installation. I printed out the the layout, and before before we basically added all this extra weight to the units, uh, I made sure I called them them down. I called the the managers, the board members, so they made sure that you know once this layout is in, once the equipment is in, that that's it. You know, no more moving. They're they're happy with it. And that's exactly what happened. When we were done, they were like floored and ecstatic at, at the result. Yeah. And those layouts, oh, bump the mic. Sorry, guys. Those layouts and those renders and things, they help on install day too. Like our technicians and installers, they go out with pretty clear direction on what it is they're trying to achieve out there in most cases in the room. I mean, we can't always account for every mystery they'll, uh, they'll encounter out there. But for the most part, they know exactly what piece is going where within a relative degree of certainty. And they have the skills and the, um, they're empowered with the decision-making ability out there to make adjustments on the fly. And that's important to know too. Our, our installers aren't gonna just forcibly stick to what it is that we put on that paper there if it's not in the best interest of the client or the install. They're gonna consult with the salesperson, the consultant, or they're gonna get with the on-site team there and make sure that they make the right move if there ever is a discrepancy or anything. But, you know, I just also, in kind of, bringing this to a conclusion too, we know that, you know, a lot of property managers and regional managers, you all are in kind of a complicated situation. You have the residents on one side, right? Demanding things and asking for things. And then you all, you see your site, you know, kind of the weaknesses and the strengths of your community and you're asking for things and you're trying to get approval and authorization for projects or capital expense, you know, endeavors that you're going to take on at the property to try to you know, I think Robert mentioned earlier, like you may be competing with a new property in the area. Well, you know, if you just call the owners, right, and say, hey, we need a new gym, we need a new gym, we need a new gym, right? Like, that's going to sound like you're just asking and asking and asking. So I thought it was nice. And I wanted to see if maybe we could wrap up by highlighting how it is that the software and what we provide to the, you know, the site teams, the regionals, the property managers, maybe Stephen, you could start um, how that helps them to be able to kind of interact with their ownership and their decision makers and, and kind of what the result of that is often. Yeah. So I like, I like to describe the software as like an arm, like something that they can put in the, in their tool belt. Basically yeah. they can arm themselves the property managers, the regional managers, whoever they have to answer to in order for that to be a part of the CapEx budget or in order for them to release funds for something like that. This um, room design software that we have, the 3D renderings and stuff like that, um, it helps them to see where the money is actually going because, you know, fitness equipment and full remodels is not it's not cheap. Um, but when you actually see what you're getting uh, for the price that you're paying, um, it helps the regional managers make their case or the property managers make their case. And then when um, when the um, the 3D renderings come to um, fruition and they actually see how it's like, it looks just like the 3D renders. Well, that makes the property managers, the region managers look really good. And then ultimately yes. the, the <coughs> final case is you're going to have um, happy customers, happy tenants, um, happy uh, condo owners, what have you. And so that's, that's the power of this software is that it helps uh, make the case for those people. Yeah. And I thought that that was really kind of an important point because, you know, we all work for companies in most cases, right? Like I'm Steve Heitzer. I work for RMS Fitness, you know, property manager works for property management company. 
Um, everybody has the company's initiatives, but they're also, everyone's working on their own individual goals and professional goals and trying to, you know, advance themselves to the, you know, an appropriate degree and things. And, you know, a lot of that comes down to performance and execution in your role and things. And I just think it's really nice that these tools can help those people with confidence go to their owners and say, like, this is what we're trying to do for your property. We manage this asset for you. This is what we're trying to do. We've done the research. We came, We found this partner. We came up with this proposal, this product. This is how it's going to look. This is what the machines are going to look like. And when it's such a complete proposal that you're making, well, it eliminates a lot of the questions that those people are going to receive and a lot of the kind of the canned uh, rebuttals that people will give them. Uh, we don't know how that's going to look. Is it going to give us what we're really looking for? You know, it, it kind of ends a lot of that right away. So in the process of trying to help our clients who are trying to help their residents, we can also help these other people, these professionals in our industry, the multifamily industry, to make have success in their endeavors, right? So they can now go to their bosses and feel confident that they're adding value, that they're really delivering like a quality product. And I think that that's really important too. Robert? Yeah, just knowing this over the years, before the software, now with the software, is the difference in how the 2D layouts don't create any separation. They have to imagine what that may look like. And then it comes down to cost. And why is there a difference in cost? Am I getting the same product? And going back to what you mentioned to Emily earlier about seeing the actual product in the room is also extremely important because whoever receives that proposal from us, as Steve mentioned, now they're fully armed to have a, a, an actual discussion. They're not, um, they're not creating more questions. They're actually providing more answers in that scenario. And so that discussion goes well. I'm, I'm thinking about a client that Emily and I visited recently um, towards the Delaware Beach area. Nice room. It's been well kept, but now it's aged. And now are we, we'd like to try a whole new approach to the room. Well, the best way I could have done that was to use the software give her some rendering pictures as well as some, you know, some aerial views, views in the room, how it look, where the doors are, things like that. So she and I spoke just before their meeting. I haven't gotten the final uh, say, yay or nay, but what I do know is that they were able, she was able, that is, to go to them with as much knowledge about what I was presenting as possible. Yeah, I mean, and at the end of the day, right, you know, we can only answer as many questions as we can answer and give people as good of an opportunity as they can to kind of put these ideas before the decision makers. And, you know, in a perfect world, we're the ones talking to the decision makers, but we know that that's not always the case and that there is sometimes as an intermediary. And we're happy to try to arm those people to use what Robert and Steven said as best as we can to help you all have success, too. We want you to impress your bosses, right? We want you guys to, you know, get your job done well and at a high level too. And that's all part of what it is that we're trying to do. That's the point of this podcast is to be a resource to the people in the multifamily industry and in having some success there. So, you know, one last thing in closing before we kind of wrap up the uh, existing properties installment of this is that, you know, when you do make the decision to undertake any kind of major renovation of your fitness center, if it is going to be substantial and there is going to be any kind of like flooring or like true like construction renovation part of it, you're probably going to have some downtime um, where your fitness center may not be useful. So I don't know if you all have experienced this yet on your projects, but I have where I've created some renderings and some videos. And then my site teams that I, you know, I'm working with 
were able to use that content to kind of engage with their residents about what they were doing at the property. So if you live in a community and your gym's going to be closed for two months because of a renovation, are you going to be super happy about it, Emily? I mean, no, not unless I... It will be annoying, but it will be good to know like what's being done and, and something to be excited about. Yeah. Stephen? Yeah, I think this is uh, also a good point. You bring up a great point um, because especially for apartment prop- apartment properties, like for instance, you might be uh, maybe two to three months in before you have a renovation and you probably see the end result. But within those two to three months, you might have these tenants are, where they're on the fence, whether or not they want to renew the lease. That's a good point. Right? Too. But when they see these renderings, when they see maybe a walkthrough of, of what it could look like, that might be all in all they need for them to renew the lease. And if at in that lease, the um, the location probably ups the rent a little bit because of inflation and, and what have you, well, they have reasons why why to stay. Right. And so I think that I think that's that's a huge thing for um, game changing for a lot of properties. Yeah, and. Emily? Well, I was just going to say, too, like, for any kind of property that they feel like their room is too small to do anything good with, you know, it's not good to work with, Yeah. don't don't be discouraged to not call us, and we can make something really neat in that in that space, something that will really pop. Yeah. It doesn't matter the size or the shape. That's a good point, too, right? Even if it's not the... Um you know, the most ideal space in terms of, you know, footprint, right? There's solutions that can be applied to, you know, make, it may not even be make quote unquote, a most traditional fitness center, but maybe it could be another type of wellness or recovery, you know, space, something along those lines, but there's solutions. Don't, uh, I guess, Emily, to kind of tap into your point, don't assume you can't do something awesome with any space, you know, let us just, you know, we'll tell you if you can't, but we'll also tell you if you can. (laughs) So, you know, that was really, um, you know, basically uh, the episode in a nutshell, I was thinking to kind of on that last point of a recent project we did in Pikesville, it was like a long-term renovation. They were doing a lot of things out there at the community. They were resurfacing the pool and they were painting and they were redoing the leasing office and the fitness center and all these different elements. And the, 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 the effect, it seemed like the office was under renovation for like six months. Like every time I went there, it was like construction cones and caution tape and stuff. But what I noticed is that they had like renders and concept photos of what was happening to the different areas kind of positioned around. And they had some of our gym renderings around the gym area so that even though people couldn't see the gym or couldn't access the gym because it was shut down for renovations, they they had an idea that something nice was coming. And I think, Stephen, you mentioned it. If somebody was on the bubble about renewing or about leasing in that community, that could be enough to put them over the edge there. So, um, you know, on the whole, I think I could talk about 3D renders forever because it's pretty much my life. Sometimes I feel like I live in a virtual fitness center. I spend so much time working on them. But um, any any other comments on, on, on the software, you know, positives, negatives, things that you've enjoyed before we wrap up? Anybody? Anybody well, I, at all? Yeah, anybody <laughs> here in this broadcast for 2024, if you have a fitness center, you want to see how this can benefit you. Um, there's so much involved uh, depending if you're on an HOA or if you have ownership that's off-site that you have to inform when making decisions, we encourage you to reach out to us, You know, share your vision with us, let us put this software into um, 
into the process of helping you create that vision more so visually so that others can see what you're saying. You know, what changes do you want to make? Give reasons and just see how that can really make that process, which may seem daunting at this point without it, but with it, just how much more helpful it can be. And that's that's why we're making this show, to, to really help people understand that this, this product, this software that we're offering just helps the whole process become better because the need for the equipment can be obvious, right? We talked about that, but the fact that you can use this to make the process of refreshing your equipment that much easier, well, I'm sure people with very busy schedules, which are most of the clients we deal with, would enjoy having that kind of process, something to make it easier on them. Yeah, I can't imagine too many people, Robert, to your point, would um, you know, would begrudge feeling a little more sure about what they're about to, you know, to take on there at their property. So I think that was a really excellent point in closing. Um, you know, we we found access to the software a while back, and I remember sitting around the table and discussing whether or not it was worth the squeeze at the beginning of time. Right? We we. Uh, you know, as small companies are off to do, uh, you know, we sat there and we were weighing the cost benefits of, you know, the, the software and things. And now it seems silly that we ever look back and wonder whether it was ever going to be worth it. Because as I've said, I can't imagine how we would go about helping our clients the way we really want to without access to that. So uh, shout out to Richard Gronberg. He's my buddy over there at EC Design for kind of cooking up that software that we use and have been talking about all day. I don't think I feel good about uh talking about his his wares so much without giving him a shout out and uh you know that's that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today you know in the effort to uh, assist our on-site teams property managers assistants maintenance managers uh and regional managers who, who may be there at the properties uh, we're really happy with the software and how it is that we're able to to help customers with that so next week we're going to talk about how we apply this software when working with developers construction companies, interior designers, and architects on helping uh, to create new uh, ground-up lease-ups, new construction projects, and some of the benefits that they can experience. So um, before I sign off, and I've been forgetting to do this for the last several weeks, but if you are someone who has listened to the last 41 minutes and 39 seconds of this podcast, and you found anything we've said to be helpful, uh, enjoyable, entertaining, or educational, please give us a like a follow, a subscribe, and if you could share this with just one coworker or colleague who you think might also enjoy your benefit, that would really mean a lot to us and the team here at RMS. So I am Steve Heitzer, the host here at Everyone Needs a Spotter, as always, with my team, Stephen Donadio. Have a good weekend, guys. Steve, the Boladio, checking out. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the Boladio. <laughs> Write these down, Emily. We need a log of this. Speaking of Emily, Emily Vinos, everybody. Hey, everyone. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Robert D. and the place to be. Yeah, unfortunately, I believe rain's coming. But uh, please know that RMS Fitness is here to provide the sunshine. So come Monday morning, if your treadmill's not working, you know who to call. Absolutely. Stay dry if the rain is coming. Stay warm because uh, it is cold. Go Ravens. And if you're not from Baltimore, nobody's perfect. <laughs> and other than that, we look forward to catching up with everybody on the next episode. Again, this is Everyone Needs a Spotter from RMS Fitness. See you next time. See ya.